an honour to be with you tonight. I feel pretty special to be invited <laughs> in on the show. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know Stranger to Coast FM, of course, Angus Hamill, who's before us with Raw Youth Disability Radio. You've been on his show quite a lot. He was excited that you were coming on our show. Different note that we're going to go on tonight with our show. We're going to be talking to you about Labor's plan for music and arts in New South Wales, but specifically here on the Central Coast. Absolutely. And bring it on, I say. I mean, music's been squashed, I feel, for the last 12 years and the lockdowns and then COVID. I think anything we can do to stimulate creativity and really, I don't know, amplify the incredible talent we have here on the coast and give the people the opportunity to listen to and participate in live music, but also create jobs in that space. And the jobs don't necessarily just stay here. These jobs can go anywhere. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you kind of answered it there, but it's, it's, it's like, it's big from state Labor. We've reported on it a little bit in the lead up to the election and, of course, now that um, Labor did win the election. Who, ex- woo-hoo, yeah. woo-hoo. I'm biased. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Start, yeah. Um, but we, we can expect to see this kind of enacted. It's $103 million and for perspective, federal Labor just announced $70 million as part of their plan to kind of revive the the federal or the yeah, national industry um, and the Victorian government with Daniel Andrews claiming and I mean rightfully so at this stage for Victoria and Melbourne to be the live music capital of the world, they took a $34 million pledge to their last election. You guys brought, took $100 million, $103 million to the last election. So that's the perspective there. It's big. Yeah, um, it's, so in, in your words, like we can bang on about why we think it's so good, but why was this a priority for your government heading into a campaign and something you wanted to see out in the term of government? It's not officially launched yet, but Labor has had a shadow minister for live music and I'm pretty confident that coming tomorrow or the next day we will hear that we've got a minister for live music and the nighttime economy, which really I think gives a very clear position on Labor's priorities of supporting live music and the nighttime economy. And I think here on the Central Coast, the nighttime economy is something that we really haven't focused on, something we haven't focused on properly across New South Wales. It's definitely been a Sydney-centric focus if it has existed at all. But I just think coming out of COVID, young people who haven't had the opportunity to participate in the live music sector and the nighttime economy, let's work out what we can do to help grow and facilitate and make that a normal part of our way of being. I think I grew up in Newcastle where every Friday and Saturday night it was basically a pub crawl from live band to live band to live band to live band. It was just so live music, something that's just been a, I just thought it was normal. But then you come to the coast and it's just not, that's just not the norm here on the coast. And the other thing, I think we saw the lockdowns across New South Wales, but particularly in Sydney, shut down venue after venue after venue. And then the planning laws are actually meaning that if someone buys an apartment next to a pub, the complaints become so bad that the pub's forced to shut down. So it's really time to have a look at the planning legislation and protections to make sure that live venue, live venues are able to stay and, and succeed and create opportunities for, for everybody who's a musician to come in there. But it's not just musicians, it's the producers, it's the technical people and anyone who organises music as well. I think it's a, it's a whole industry. We have to make sure that it comes back to life and then flourishes. Yeah, we see and we've spoken to a lot of local musicians who one of their gripes is venues and you sort of touched on it there with your experience in Newcastle compared here to the coast. They say there's plenty of opportunities for them recording music but when they go to play live to an audience, there's just a real lack of venues and we've seen a bit of a resurgence with Drifter's Wharf sort of taking on that sort of higher level musician coming through but 
for a lot of local musicians, they're still left without a really decent venue to go to and they are going to Newcastle or Sydney to to perform. Absolutely. And one beautiful young lady who performed at one of our labour events years ago, I actually was on the train to Sydney to her. She was on the way to the airport to move to Melbourne and that was before COVID hit. So that was a real statement to me about this is not good enough New South Wales. So, and I can't guarantee what it looks like. I mean, this is an investment of money and the establishment of a new organisation called Sound New South Wales that will then facilitate this in its various shapes and forms. And different communities are going to have different shaped needs and different shaped support structures that, that have to take place. But one of the big calls is that there isn't now a commissioner for the nighttime economy, but that person's based solely in Sydney. So I've put the pressure on John Graham and the nighttime economy commissioner's first visit outside Sydney. So we're committed to that supporting that happening across region in New South Wales will be here on the coast. So I'd say let's get the music rocking and let's make it happen here on the coast first. Yeah, there has been a particular focus on on the coast. I mean, you had the announcement of uh, the plan on the at Drifters Wharf as well and obviously this kind of interest in the coast and part of it, as you said, the 24-hour nighttime economy commissioner or the, the plan is going to be expanded to like six cities, one of those including the central coast. So it's hard to say so early but what can we kind of expect that to look like with that new focus? Yeah, I think, I mean, looking at, looking at um, I mean, First Nations music is also going to get an opportunity to be there but how do we support young people coming through? How do we support all those people who are doing independent music of their own thing. But it really depends on the community as well. I also have a vision that we need to support Gosford as a precinct. So to support the venues that are in Gosford to help them and help us amplify what's going on here in the nighttime economy in Gosford. Just, I think we can possibly amplify and make Gosford more of a buzzing place for people participating in the nighttime economy than the daytime economy. And then the daytime will come in our, our poor old city capital city of the coast. So I just, I think it's really going to be as well up to the community because I'm not going to be driving it. It's going to be the community who's asking for it and resourcing and applying for grants and shape-shifting and also with the council as well because there's a whole bunch of barriers to outdoor entertainment areas that we're able to all of a sudden be planned and operating really quickly under COVID. So we're really com- committing to making sure that we can do that and the liquor licensing complexities and costs that go with live music venues, so trying to streamline a whole bunch of stuff to support people who are establishing venues or who already have venues to make them more music-friendly, I suppose. You touched on it there briefly. You mentioned about the community aspect and how a lot of people in the community are sort of pushing this, and we know the creation of Central Coast Music and Arts, I mean, plus, you know, we're amongst it as well, and a lot of industry professionals, not calling us professionals by any stretch, but <laughs> <That'd be a laughs> give yourself compliment. the credits. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people in the music industry and who are now based on the Central Coast who want to see Central Coast music thrive, a lot of those industry headwigs were sort of driving a lot of this because they didn't see that support from the government. Now that we do have a government who are willing to invest, I mean, Eamon sort of hinted before, but like, where is the ceiling? Like what sort of, how far can music go on the coast with so much passion behind it? I believe it's up to the talent of the local people. Like I think the government then puts the framework in place and the people jump onto this scooter or whatever this vehicle is and do what they need to do to be the performance, the music, the scene that we 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 dream we can have across our community. So 
it's not going to be the local member of parliament saying, oh, here's the key to another venue. It's going to say, hey, we've got this venue, we want to do this with this. We've got nine venues in the city of Gosford that we want to have once a month. We have everyone comes to Gosford on a Saturday night. Is it a festival-shaped thing? We've got the Naughty Noodle Funhouse. We've got incredible musicians that support incredible acts across Australia and across the world that are now living in this community. We've got a, an amazing um, country music scene that is born and like born and bred here on the coast and amplifies around the world. So why aren't we having music? Why don't we have music in every one of the pubs we go past, in the back of the restaurants that we go past on Saturday afternoons in all sorts of places in the park? What does it need to be and what do the people want to make it to be? There's money here to activate it. I think it's really up to our community to dream it and facilitate it and make it. And I think one, I think drifters have done an amazing job. They've dreamt it, they've taken the risk, and now we're seeing that. But what can we do like that over and over and over again? And the challenge is also going to be, are we competing with each other or are we working with each other to create a greater good for all of us? And I think there's stepping stones along the way and I think those stepping stones will be working together to make pinnacle events as well as really grassroots opportunities across. This isn't just Gosford. This is across the whole Central Coast. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's nice to hear that, like, kind of re- refreshing as well, to hear that, like, kind of collaborative approach um, trumpeted so much. And we know we have so many moving parts now to the scene on the coast, and Cam, you mentioned some of them before. We've had these things pop up, like new venues, Drifters Wharf, Central Coast Music. Um, we've got renewed interests and focus on council. We had the Central Coast Music Festival, um, which was completely facilitated by council last year. Now we've got state government really showing an interest too. Are we going to have all these moving parts kind of – in a room, uh, working together, consultating with one another, because a big gripe of the previous government from the industry itself and everyone a part of it was that they weren't consulted on decisions made, or there wasn't they weren't in lockstep. If you know what I mean. Well, I think having having the twenty four hour commissioner up here first of all is basically setting a, a slate of opportunity, and here's some information, and that'll be a, a, an invitation and beyond to people who want to come and participate and listen to that opportunity to start with, and then it's starting to think. Who who is there? Like I've got this list on my notes section of who I should invite. I don't know who I should invite and then I don't want industry to keep other people out because they might be competing. So how do we possibly con- – consulting with community is really, really hard. Like when you're a person with an office down in Woiwoi with three staff that are working full-time on all the constituent stuff, I've got to work out how we get all the people at the possible table and what this actually looks like and then the grants. And I think Sound New South Wales is going to be a fantastic – overseeing body to facilitate this and create the different layers that need to be looked after within this framework. And this is happening on the coast, this is happening in Sydney, this is happening in Wollongong, Western Sydney, Newcastle and the Hunter and then beyond. So it's a big, it is a really big moving part, but I get, it's, I, and I want to work with community to make sure that everyone who wants to be at the table sitting at that table and has the information. You mentioned before about licensing and also you just want to see more venues opening up. As part of this funding, uh, it's still early days, obviously, but what can we see potentially offered to venues as an incentive for them to open up and host more live music? Yeah, I I don't know the answer to that. And that's going to also be working with council and and then a lot of that discussion is about assisting those venues that were shut down. So those Sydney, there's lots of Sydney-based venues, not so many coast-based venues that have got the venue there. They're just sitting idle, which is such a waste. So we've got to look at what 
what the potential is and what does the ask look like here on the coast. It won't be here. You can have a million bucks to open a venue. Maybe we do want to have a look at how do we help make a festival space on the coast that can be shared by lots of different events become more real. Um, but I think it's going to be up to the individuals to look at, okay, this grant fits with what I want to do and then council's causing the barrier. What do we have to do with council to make sure that the barrier is not there and just what the different very because it's all going to be so different shaped as well. So I don't have specific answers and it's very early days, but that's also something that with consultation we'll know, like we don't know exactly what it's going to look like either until we go out there and talk to community. And this is over a four-year plan. So, and Ambitious it is. We're, we're like super excited <laughs> by it. But I, I suppose a lot of the thing that people have towards politics in general is cynicism about whether promises will be delivered and, and that kind of stuff. So are we, are we confident that in if we were to have this chat in two or three years' time that we're looking back at all this has been done, money's been delivered? Well, I actually think, as I said before, it's going to be up to the industry to do the work to get the money out there onto the table. And it's not going to be me saying, here, Amon, you have you have $25,000 to set up this event. Amon's going to go, I've You can do that if you this. want. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've up, like I've dreamt up this event and I've got all these things in place and I'm applying for a grant and I've got all like – and yes, and then there will be – Maybe there'll be 50 Amons applied for the grant. It's really hard to know who's putting their hand up and what, what that will look like. And then there'll be a board at Sound New South Wales and the oversight and it will be not pork barrelling, I just need to point that out, <laughs> um, to make sure that that money is shared and equitably and resources as many different genres and many different types of opportunities across the, the communities that we're responsible for in New South Wales. Well, it's very exciting. We do have, um, yeah, I mean, we could, talk and, and plan and think about it so much forever. <laughs> but the message is facilitation, um, but the government isn't going to do it for you. So Central Coast Music Community, if you're out there listening, this is your cue. You're going to have the facilitators in place to help make some of this stuff happen, be the change you want to see in our local area. It uh, it will be a lot easier. And absolutely. And I will say the people who do the work will rise to the top. And I think a lot of things with government is that people might complain and complain and complain, but if you're not prepared to put your hand and be at the table and do the work to make this dream come true, it's it's not going to be Liesl Tesh, the Paralympian, who's now the Member of Parliament, pushing you over the hill. It's going to be the industry that drives this moving forward because it's for the industry. And and so much of that too is also you've, you see a band who you want to see on the coast, go out and actually attend the gig because we see so much of people wanting something but then once it's actually in front of them they go, oh, no, I can't be bothered or, you know, I'll go to Sydney and have a night out which there's an element to that which does make sense if you go to a bigger city where there's a bit more to do around it but front and foremost support music on the Central Coast and that will help rise all tides. Absolutely and that's... that's What is it, rising tide raises all ships, whatever that... (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. You know what he's getting at. (laughs) But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, get out there and see them. The Drifters Wharf, perfect example, as you mentioned before, they've stuck their neck out and they're getting some really good bands in. It's up to us to vote with our feet and our dollar and go and support it. Absolutely. I mean, Lincoln Pinna having their, their shot at it down there on the peninsula, I mean, there's lots of lovely small venues as well that unless people are prepared to support it, it's really tough for those venues, really, really tough for the local venues.
And uh, we'll just got a couple of quick questions here from some of our listeners who have messaged in on Instagram at homebrewed963. We had uh, Scatterlight, they're a band. They said, what are you doing to support specifically original live music on the Central Coast? So as opposed to, I guess, covers in pubs, they want to know about, we've sort of covered a bit of it. but Yeah. Hey, Scatterlight, thank you so much <laughs> for writing in. That's really cool. But I think... Just creating the spaces to have live music is like, I think Lincoln Pins, something that we've seen as a success story, let's have more Lincoln Pins around the place so there is a broader place, a number of places to go and play. And I can't control what sort of music the venue wants, but if we've got really good bands coming through, it's only going to open the doors and having supporters for those bands. And I mean, shows like this, giving, giving locals who are doing indie stuff an opportunity, I think, and having conversations about that's super important as well. But it, I keep, I feel like it's it's not me, but it will be the industry that puts the pressure on and rises. And I, I believe once we get used to going back to the live scene and seeing those bands that do the covers, the flavour will be more because the covers are going to come out with their, their own songs in between and as that grows, I believe the industry and the sector will grow and become, I just want it to be part of who we are on the coast and I just don't think we're there yet. Yeah, I think the, t- the venue point is, is is really bang on in terms of not just pubs where you've got somebody playing in a dining room where they've moved all the tables, you know, to a tab room. It's like we need venues like what the Lincoln Pin is that is, that is specifically for live music, specifically for emerging artists because – People don't go to venues like that to see covers. They go there to see new, young, fresh, energised bands. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the first step is those smaller venues that are accessible. Yeah, and, and like, with just making sure those ex- accessible local venues with the acoustic in the background there is giving chances for the, the people with their own their own songs and their own talent to, to showcase. And then even w- there was a fantastic thing the guys played in the park down at you minor, like amazing punk, punkish almost band, rock band of young kids who are now starting to grow up, played in the park and then they played play some underage gigs at Lincoln Pin. That is their own music as well. I just think let's let's grow what's there, expand what's there and hopefully that will flow beyond there. Absolutely. Um, Do we have any more of our Instagram messages? Uh, it was all sort of stuff that we've sort of already touched on. So, uh, Lisa Tesh, member for Gosford, thank you so much for coming in and, and having a chat and sort of giving a bit more in depth about and really sort of it's energized us a little bit, I think, knowing just how much passion is there for music on the Central Coast, not just from us and musicians, but also from people like yourself who actually have that position of power to sort of lobby for funding for venues and all that. And I just think we've got so many. We've got we, our Conservatorium of Music. We've got our Gosford Musical Society. We've got Yipper. So we've got these other launch pads for young people. But then when they launch, where do they go? So it's about next steps and the communities, the, the industry people that are here on the coast. I don't know, Central Coast Music and the Arts is absolutely fantastic. Great leadership there by Greg Carey. I know there's visions in people's heads, but making those visions come true and seeing those dreams real within four-year plans, what I want to be behind and that's what the money's there for. I was going to say a lot of that, you know, the the vision, the plan is there, but a lot of the time it's a lack of funding or whatever the case is. So it's nice to see that $103 million pledge by the state government and hopefully 
a decent chunk gets delivered to us here on the Central Coast as well. Yeah, like 80 million of it would be fair, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. Let it play yeah, in the next week, no worries. <laughs> We're not even in government until the 14th of April, so we'll give it We'll give it the reddest, hottest go, and I'd like to see the commissioner here before the end of the month. There we go. Well, that's very exciting stuff. We've got a lot to look forward to, and hopefully, yeah, we can have this conversation again in two, three years' time and look back at what's been created, what's, what's there. Um, there's certainly all the parts seem to be there now from industry to... Uh, uh, barons of media like Cameron and myself to government, <laughs> local government, and of course we know the talent is just brimming across the Central Coast. So, yeah, can't wait to see what the future holds. Liesl, thank you so much for coming and having a chat to us. Thanks for having me. It's a delight to be here with you guys. We do have a, a return guest in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Liesl Tesh is still with us. Do you do you use TikTok, Liesl? I I'm not very good at TikTok, but I did use it once when I was going down the stairs backwards at a very poor upgrade to Point Clare Station and got four point five million views. Ooh, you've gone viral. I was viral from it. It was quite bizarre. We came back into the office in the afternoon, like I did it early in the morning and just uploaded on TikTok and went about my day. And then in the afternoon it was just going up in chunks of ten thousand at a time it was crazy. Wow. It was sort of really scary. And Can then you I'm, give us some social media tips? Yeah. I'm too scared to go back on TikTok now because you've got that peak. That's just where I too sit. Early. Was this yeah. to demonstrate that the upgrades weren't? It was terrible. No it used to be. It used to be a beautiful ramp that went from one side of Brisbane Water Drive under the train station to the road on the other side of Point Clare Station, and now it's got four flights of stairs. And initially, I was there with Dr. Gordon Reid, and I started doing a bit of a speech at the top of the stairs. I said, "Hang on, I'll do the speech, and you film me whilst I'm going down the stairs backwards, holding onto the handrail." So I'm just riled that this thing didn't work. Like they'd put stairs where there used to be a ramp. And I uploaded it on TikTok. So it's this cross member of parliament in a suit going downstairs backwards, <laughs> having an angry go at the people who've upgraded this station badly. Wow. It's, I mean, uh, we're, you never we're, can tell. You just never can tell. Yeah. We're jumping off our music brand here, but it is staggering to think that in this day and age that they, that they could even have developments that don't accommodate. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it had lifts. It had lifts, but it didn't have a nice big ramp that used to make it really easy from one side to the other. Right. But no. Yeah, TikTok. Let <laughs> let the music live, I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music needs to all the musicians unionize, something like that.